The Money Show. Small business. The final stage of building our 100 million rand company, Pavlo Fatidis, uh, who is the founder and the boss at Auric Business Accelerator. Um, layers. We've, it's, it's like a cake. I love this cake. It's a five-layered cake. Uh, we've gone through the layers of positioning, of making sure we have a system of delivery, making sure that we have a great team, making sure that we know what our growth engines are going to be. And if you've missed those building blocks of this particular conversation, the podcasts are up and there for you to play catch-up. If you want to, let's focus this evening, Pablo, on the layer fifth, the cream on top. It's a, it's a lovely, creamy butter icing of value. <laughs> it is too. And you know what the key to unlock it is, Bruce? Recognize that you are the single biggest investor in your business. This is the stage where you need to start thinking like a shareholder. Because if you start thinking like a shareholder, you're going to take yourself out of the day-to-day activities, the hustle and bustle, the battles that you're fighting out there in order to keep the business sustained, grow, motivate your team. You're going to start looking at your business very, very differently. And the best way to put this into a context is to think about how you make a decision around buying any share on any stock exchange. There are three things you want. The first thing are dividends. The second thing is capital growth. And then the third thing is the ability to trade that share. And those three views on looking at your business will change the way you behave and act in your business to lock in your value. That's so. I mean, so many people go and work in their businesses and they don't draw a salary. They might occasionally pay themselves a dividend. They've got to eat. They've got to survive, I suppose. Um, and so they'll pay a dividend and they may do it from a tax perspective because it may be a bit more efficient. Um, uh, and, and certainly let's, let's focus in on dividends first then because that, of course, is ensuring that you're not just going to do whatever it is that you're doing uh, as a drudge, as a freebie. You actually are getting some sort of financial reward. Yeah, completely. You know, uh, dividends really in owning a share are really like income in a business. So your income in a business comes by a number of means. It's going to come through a salary. It's going to come through bonuses that you might pay yourself if you believe you deserve them or if you, well, well, you just can because you might be the boss of the business and you simply decide you're going to pay yourself a bonus. Or it's going to come through dividends. And in order to grow income in your company, If you've built the business in the manner that we've spoken about, and based on last week's conversation, if you've got a good growth strategy in play and you're managing growth in your business rather than simply hoping it's going to appear, you're going to be growing your income. And locking in in your income is essential here, Bruce, because if we started this business, what, 20 years ago, because it was a 20-year plan, the way that your customers behaved the what mattered to them, the problems that you were solving for them, the experience that they said they wanted in order to support and back you has changed dramatically. If you think about the environment we're in, we've got inflation, we've got interest rates, we've got unreliable energy supply. Incidentally, that is now global. It's not uniquely South African. So for once we won the competition, we came first in the Olympics of ensuring that we create unreliable unreliable electricity and unreliable power. Right now, it's the talk across every element in the United Kingdom, in Europe, in the United States, all the developed economies 
that looked at us and said, oh, wow, in South Africa, you have problems with power. Well, they've got problems with power now too. And what this does is it changes the circumstances for you, but it also changes the circumstances for your customers. Locking in value starts with you, or locking in your income, starts with you identifying your top 10 customers and then taking them out for lunch and asking them what's changed, what's changed in their lives, what's changed in their business, and how should that change have you as the supplier of service or product to them respond differently? Because they will give you the insights that will ensure they will remain with you should you make the changes. Mm. It's the earliest signal of locking in income. Absolutely. And because those dividends are going to be absolutely critical. We talk about how you should behave as a shareholder um, and uh, not only as a shareholder, but the chief cook and bottle washer of your business. It's up to you to ensure that the value is being added. And the only way you do that is by gathering intelligence. Uh, You then talk about um, the second part was about ensuring that you have sufficient capital um, to grow this business, Pablo. And so, you know, many people don't draw any capital out of their business. They will work unpaid uh, for as long as it takes. Maybe they've got savings. Maybe there's a trust fund somewhere in the family. Or maybe they can live on fresh air. I'm not sure which. Uh, but this idea of building up the capital base in your business at the same time as all your other financial responsibilities is a huge one. It's a huge one. And people never focus on it because of a couple of reasons. Most people look at their businesses by way of an income statement more than anything else. The income statement says what your sales are, what your costs are, and what your profit is at the end of the day. And most people running businesses, working in their businesses, look at their businesses like an income statement. It creates an income statement mindset where you define your growth by way of your revenue growth from year to year to year to year. And capital Capital is a tricky thing because the way that capital comes about in a business is it comes about largely in the valuation of the business. If a business today is worth, uh, let's put a figure to it, 20 million rand, how do you get the 20 million rand to be 50 million rand, 5, 10, 15 years down the line? You need to understand valuation. And valuation is all about ensuring for the buyer of the business that tomorrow will look as good as it does today, rather than promising that tomorrow will look better than it does today. So there are a couple of things you need to do, Bruce. The first thing is, if you've got really good suppliers, so imagine your business is a branded agency, branded distributor. You went and you secured, what's a brand that you like? I, any I, brand. I, I dare not suggest any brand that I like because <laughs> yeah. somebody shouted at me the other day because they accused me of favoring one brand over another. So now I no longer oh disclose anything personal. <laughs> I like big okay, so pens. <laughs> big pens. Okay. I love big pens. Those orange big pens. The ones that the yeah, child well, could do a handstand <laughs> on. Those ones. Yeah, and if I'm not wrong, that's a French brand. So let's say you had secured the agency rights for big pens. What it means is in that supply agreement, you need to revisit it. And the revisitation of it needs to ensure that firstly, you have a long-term right in order to distribute big pens. And most importantly, you have the rights to be able to seed that long-term relationship to a potential acquirer of your company on fair terms and conditions. It hasn't, they haven't, it hasn't been one or a hundred 
or a thousand times where I've worked with a business owner who's mm -hmm. looking to get to a point to exit and suddenly realizes that his or her ability to transfer the rights of the product that they've so successfully represented in South Africa are not transferable. It won't be the first time that a very successful restaurateur is ready to sell a business and realizes with only one year left in the tenancy, going to the landlord and trying to secure another five, seven, 10 year tenancy is not possible. If you don't get this part right, and supply is the source of all your value, in effect, the five, 10, 15, 20 years that it's taking you to get to where you are means that you have lost the opportunity to monetize all that risk. Very important. Absolutely important. And then, of course, what do you teach us? What do you always tell us? Always have a plan to get out. It's what you've got to yeah. be thinking about the moment you get in. How are you going to get out one day? And it, it seems weird because, hey, I mean, you love this business. You love it more than your own family. This is your life. It is the thing that you have sweated to create. Why would you want to get out? Why would you want to leave? Uh, because it's just wonderful and perfect. And um, as you've told us many times before, people get trapped because suddenly they get to 65, 70. They're ready to leave and suddenly nobody wants the business anymore because I made, they made it all about, the, about themselves. And actually, they weren't as energized and focused on growth in the last five or 10 years of their business as they may have been in the first 20. Correct. And you know, I'm working with a very interesting business at the moment involved in steel fabrication. And the owner of the business bought the business. The business itself is, is let me get these numbers right. I think it's 68 years old. And the owner bought it 56 years ago. 56 years ago. The owner of this business is now 79. And he is battling to get his head around this idea of exiting the business. And we've had so many conversations. And the most interesting thing has been, Bruce, the reason he's battling is because he's terrified of the day after. And he turned <laughs> around and he said to me, after about seven, eight hours of discussion, I wake up and then what do I do? So it takes a lot of guts to recognize that this is the final destination. And unless that business can function and operate without you, because you will be deeply, deeply scrutinized by any buyer, it means you won't be able to trade it. Imagine buying a great share on the stock exchange. It costs you a hundred bucks. You've made good dividends, 15 rand a year, 20 rand a year for five, six, seven, 20 years. The share now is valued at 2000 rand after having bought it for a hundred rand. But there's no one in the market that can trade it nor wants it because it's simply untradeable. It's no different to business. It's the reason by far that around 95% of all companies start, despite the success taking them to where they are, are not exitable. They're simply closed because there is no one who can buy the business for fear that in buying it today, with you gone tomorrow, the future will not look anything like the past. Pavlo Fitidis. Thanks, Pavlo. He is the uh, founder at Auric Business Accelerator. Business wisdom for nothing on The Money Show.